This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Hey, Nicki Minaj. Throwback. That's not, that came out last year. Ex- Stanley. That's a TBT. For a sure. TBT, should I play Megatron? You I, should have. I like the Megatron video. I know you like the video, Nasty. <laughs> hey, I haven't seen the video. I heard the song, though. You know, let's watch the video on mute. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, you know what? One of the best videos is out right now. What? and you, This is going to like show my, white, my whiteness. Right. No. You heard the song by Bastille. It's called Joy. Who's Bastille? It's like a pop group. Um, oh, okay. On this Damn, really video, it the, the video starts and it says, like, things people are not supposed to see. Mm-hmm. And it's um, like CCTV footage of people doing a lot of things that they think nobody's watching, but they're caught on camera. So, like, it opens up with two people doing it in the office after hours. And then it goes into, like, a whole bunch of other clips of people basically, like, picking their nose, oh, stealing, God. doing all kinds of things that you're not supposed to do that you think nobody is watching but yet they see anyway and it's kind of hilarious oh my god that sounds crazy well on that note welcome to let your voice be heard right here on whcr 90.3 fm the voice of harlem Mm. happy sunday guys and happy whatever day it may be if you're listening in podcast world shout out to you my name is selena hill on instagram and twitter you can find me at miss selena hill miss is spelled with an m s f y i and if you are a first time listener let your voice be heard is the show where we talk politics, pop culture, and social justice from a very diverse perspective. Stanley? Is it really diverse? It's three black people and one white Jewish woman. That yeah, that's, 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 that's that's defi- that fills a lot of quotas, that's number called, one. That's called the one train on 125th Street. Hey, I'm Street queer. And City. I'm a woman, Stanley. Yes, I'm, I'm queer, you so you know, I, I check like at least two boxes, I have queer two boxes. and Jewish. Right, mm. and I have two boxes. What's your well. second no, box? And you're a woman. Oh, and I'm well. And I'm I'm like women non-binary, depending on the day. So that Mm -hmm. I guess I could check three boxes. But if we just call it queer, then it's like just one. I don't know. I check three. I hate labels. Did I ever tell you that? I check three boxes. I'm black. I'm a man, and I'm sober. So. Give me on it. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> drunk in almost 30 days. You oh yes, congratulations! Stanley has been on a sobriety test. Mm-hmm. July 1st, though, I got some Henny White in the cabinet. Waiting How does it me. feel to be sober for 30 days? Um, it's really funny watching drunk people. Also, f- rose flavored seltzer is the best thing I've ever discovered. <laughs> no, you got to drink that peach Perrier. <laughs> All right, I didn't got that kind of white money, Alyssa. Okay, I got to stick with the rose. <laughs> Yo, Alyssa gave me some classy seltzer this morning, <laughs> and I felt my credit score go up when I sipped it. Nice. <laughs> hey, you That's look that bougie seltzer. You look you like know, you slimmed down. Or slim thick thing. Lay, slim laying thing. off those beers, you slimming down Anyways, over there. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us all who you actually are? Yeah, that's a good point. So my name is Stanley Fritz. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on IG at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Snapchat at Slim Thick Sober Poppy 2012. <laughs> just kidding. I just made that name up. But come look at me with my thought filter when I put it on the Zeckington. You can also talk to me on Facebook where I have not been suspended for four straight weeks. Even though certain people in this room who are not clapping messaged me one day, not you, Alyssa, and said, Stanley, are you suspended again? And I thought I was. I'm not going to say no names, but they know who they are. But I'm happy to be here, guys. Who else is in here? Well, we're happy to see Alyssa's you. I'm back. Happy. I'm back for, for one week, and then next week I have to go get my pride on. Yep. Um, and I'll leave it to you next week to hopefully talk about some of the issues or non-issues, depending on who you are, with pride. Can, can I cut you off for one second? I'm sorry. Sure. I was in Hell's Kitchen on Friday walking, and this guy, this like guy had a beautiful floral dress on and was like killing it in some heels. 
And then all of a sudden, some other guy was like, you look so good, sexy. And he's like, come party with me. And they all just went into a club. And I wanted to go with them. But I wasn't dressed properly, and also I'm not good looking enough to party with them. No, you probably are. You gotta fit you, in. Not for nothing, Ain't Stanley. Nothing I think. I I think. I think if you went to a gay bar, be. that men would hit on you for Yo, sure. It's so great. They buy me all the drinks. I don't gotta pay for anything. Well, that's not a good reason to go to a gay bar. That's yes, not a good it is. reason to be. Yeah, that's exploiting. You, you have to be oh, an actual <laughs> ally. Anyway, I, mean, I am, but like also free whiskey. So I'm your I'm Alyssa Fuchs. I'm your resident. I'm your resident gay. That is not. Stanley. That's not how it works. This they is not striking vipers, King. Um, Stanley's girlfriend's going to leave him after this show. Well, he she threatened one time. She's Remember gonna, that time you went on a like, date with a you went on a date oh, and I didn't did tell her. Yep. I didn't know it was a date though. And so when I was like, "Oh, I got to call my girlfriend to make sure she got home in time," and he was like, "Oh, you got a girlfriend? Check, please." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what is happening?" And he was like, "You're going to pay for your meal, right?" And I was like, "What? It, what?" <laughs> yeah. Stanley uh, yeah, like, be leading people on. He said he wanted to talk about politics. <laughs> yeah, politics in, was, in heavy quotes. There was a dude who's been sliding into my DMs on Facebook at like one in the morning, and like I don't know if he's trying to hit on me or being nice, and I don't want to be rude. And then like, but I don't know what to do. It's so confusing. I'll show you the messages later. All right, I'll, I'll help you sort out your uh, you know problems, or maybe it's not a problem. I don't know. We could talk about masculinity and 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 a lot of those <laughs> issues, and we have before, uh, you know, because one of the things actually, I'll, I'll jump the gun and then because I'll give you a little legal snippet, and then I'll tell you my contact information is. One of the things that happened this week is that the New York State Legislature banned people from raising the so-called gay insanity defense, which is like, I found out somebody was gay, and oh my God, I had to kill them because I was so scared. So you cannot raise that defense anymore, and that's a really I didn't good even know thing. that, that was, was a defense. defense? Yeah, that was a legit defense. Anyways, we can Crazy. come back to that. Wow. Um, well, on worry. that note, I'm your legal correspondent, <laughs> Alyssa Fuchs. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S if you're nasty, or on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs, or or on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs, where it's mostly pictures of me and my beautiful girlfriend having fun at the Pride Parade and Pride events and, I, you know, other things, eating ice cream and uh, generally um, being happy in life. Seriously, and I like, like, every picture. Selena does, so do. shout out to Selena. Alex is back straight yeah, from the yeah. 212, yeah. Harlem's finest yeah. comedian and commentator and podcaster. Alex, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, yeah, uh, Alex Turner, a.k.a. Instagram, alext.212. We live right now. Uh, I'm the show's resident bruh man. I'm on every episode. When I pop up, it's lit lit. You already know. <laughs> I'll take it. I love it. So, guys, we have a great show lined up. We're going to be speaking about Juneteenth, which was a few days ago, as well as reparations. Is it time? Of course, Mitch McConnell says no. Like, we elected Barack Obama. Why would we give you guys reparations? So, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to go on a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the news stories of the week. That made us probably get really upset. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. You just sound like the stereotypical white person. Turn it down. <laughs> Oh, she I'm was actually right. It was too loud. It, it was too loud, so I had to turn it down. But like the way that came in, you just heard straight up ignorance and Hennessy juice spitting in the air. Then Alyssa, turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> we are <We're> back. <laughs> are this we? is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR. 90.3 FM. The Voice of Harlem. Harlem so we're Harlem. kicking things off with the news roundup, the stories that made us laugh, cry, and tempted Stanley to get suspended on Facebook. Uh, so, 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 Selena. 
Yes. What are you posting on IG that one of my boys is like, yo, Selena got a man? And I didn't I was, post. I, I don't do thirst traps. So I don't know <laughs> what your man's was talking about. I don't do the thirst trap pictures. Natural aura might be he a must thirst have saw her moderate now. People perceive it. <laughs> he saw her moderating that panel and said, I need that queen. <laughs> For real, I was moderating panels oh, this past week. But nah, okay. was one, well, you, Alyssa, you remember when Selena went to Haiti and she was on a mountain like this? Yeah. <laughs> she looked like the lioness. Yeah, um, that was a thirst trap to somebody. I was I got fully a of, clothed. I got a couple of messages sometimes, about that, too. Sometimes thirst trapping got nothing to do with the clothes. Just the vibe, the aura you give All them. Right. You, you see how me? I just went to that tangent right there? That's what the new roundup is about. It's about that random energy of things that happen that you feel such a way about. you got to address it. Whether it's your friends messaging you about Selena, which makes you feel weird because Selena is like your sister, or it's because Cardi B got indicted on 16 different accounts, even though it's supposed to be a misdemeanor charge, and she's talking crap about TMZ. Or maybe it's because Donald Trump is literally running a concentration camp and instead of saying how do we stop a concentration camp people are saying you can't call it a concentration camp this is the news roundup call us with things that made you laugh cry curse flip a table or maybe put some hennessy right away for the month of july when you start drinking again selena what do you got for me let's start with cardi b so a grand jury has indicted cardi b in connection with the alleged attack at a queen's uh Queen Strip Club, we remember in 2018, supposedly one of the strippers slept with her husband, Offset. Professional dancers. One of the professional dancers slept with Offset, <laughs> and in retaliation, she tried to uh, organize the strippers to get attacked. Then we know, supposedly, Nicki Minaj actually featured those two strippers in her video. So, like, it, hmm. yeah, it, it's been so much pettiness hmm. going on. So now... Um, 15 counts. I mean, Alyssa, you're the legal expert here. That kind of sounds serious to me. But also, I know Cardi B is a celebrity, and she has the funds to hire a really good lawyer. What do you think could possibly happen from this? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, truth is, uh, the grand jury will indict a ham sandwich unless you're a police officer in Staten Island. But that's another story, isn't it? Um, And, you know, it's not surprising that she got indicted. Basically, what happens is when you're charged with a crime that could be a felony, um, they have the option of moving forward as a felony or a misdemeanor. If they want to move forward with the crime as a felony, they have to put the evidence or at least some evidence before a grand jury. The grand jury has to vote as to whether or not there's probable cause to believe that a felony crime may have been committed. If they do vote in favor of an indictment, um, then... At that point, the case proceeds at a felon- as a felony, which is obviously a lot more serious than a misdemeanor because felonies can carry prison time, whereas misdemeanors always carry a year in jail or less as their penalty. Um, but what I think is going to happen, number one, as you point out, she has a very good lawyer. More likely than not, the lawyer is either A, going to fight the case all the way, eventually there'll be a trial, and she'll either be found guilty, at which point she'll be found guilty of a felony and could be facing some serious jail time, or she'll be acquitted. Or the more likely thing that happens is that there's some kind of plea negotiations and that she, you know, her really good lawyer who she's paying a fortune for, call me Cardi, um, you know, <laughs> it get, works out some kind of deal where she, you know, agrees to plead guilty to a lesser offense in exchange for her doing some kind of community service, paying a fine, X, Y, Z. And, you know, that keeps her out of prison. Slap and, you know, that's uh, that's how it goes. Alex, what what are you thinking about Cardi indicted? I, when when I heard the case of what happened, first of all, I was like, yo, that's, you were laughing. I, yo, I said to myself, I'm like, yo, that sounds like Cardi. <laughs> I, I I do not know whether she's guilty or not, but Cardi tell you herself, she's like, I ain't no angel. I, you know, I had a trouble passing, and Cardi's not no play play. Like outside of a dancer, like Cardi gang affiliated, like for real, mm-hmm. for real. So, and regardless of all that, there's a lot of women that would not tolerate things like that happening in a relationship so but once you take it out with your husband 
I'm not Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that feel. You know what I mean? I, I don't. You don't know if these women taunting her, whatever the case. That's true. Sometimes women might do it to spite Cardi. Like maybe not even because they want Offset, but nah. I want Cardi's man. Right. Yeah. For that reason. So maybe maybe that's why she addressed it. And who knows hmm. how she addressed it with Offset? How we won't see behind closed doors, yeah. you know. But I mean, I, I don't. I don't think she's gonna do no jail time. I mean, jail yeah. typically is not for rich people. Yeah, that's true. those you people know are I looking mean? for a bag. That's what that is. And, and, They're gonna keep on pushing those charges until somebody's like, "All right, how much?" And, and they might get that too. Yeah, because but, for Cardi, it might be easier to write that check to her than keep paying lawyers, yep. take time off whatever her schedule is, touring and all of that. You know. Well, we'll have to keep paying attention. I know she is due for an arraignment this Tuesday, June twenty fifth. So keep watching out for Cardi. In the meantime, let's mm-hmm. talk about these concentration camps. Oh, I know Alyssa was telling us off script, I mean off air about it. Yeah, I mean, look, the uh, <laughs> essentially the Trump administration has children in what could only be described as concentration camps. I say this as a Jewish person. There has been some debate this week as to whether or not we should call them concentration camps. In my mind, we absolutely should. Um, and then, uh, to add insult to injury, the Trump administration sends this lawyer um, who I'm going to call her name out. Her name is Sarah Fabian. So send her some mail um, and uh, goes to court to argue that the government is not not not, not is, is basically complying with the law and that they're meeting the safe and sanitary condition standard. But yet they're saying that they don't have to provide soap or toothbrushes in order mm. to meet the safe and sanitary standard. So, you know, we're uh, you know, we've reached a new low. Um, now we're talking about where Trump said that there was going to be mass deportation raids. Now he's saying, oh, I called those off because I'm trying to negotiate with the Democrats. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is something that we have to be standing up, speaking out. People have talked about what you can do. You know, one of the things that you can do as somebody who has privilege is like if you're on a bus, for example, and ICE gets on and starts asking people for their ID, like jump up and take out your ID. Give them Mm. your ID, because like Mm. at the end of the day, like you may get arrested and you may be able to fight that arrest in court. But like you're not going to get deported as somebody who's an American citizen with privilege. And especially I'm talking to white people um, in particular. If you are white and you have privilege, like you should be the first person to stand up and try and intercept if there's a situation that has to do with ICE, in my Uh opinion. Alex. I like that energy. She had fire behind that. Oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, the thing is with Trump, I feel like whenever he talks immigration, it just further energizes his base. And we know 2020 is coming up. So he's doing like the most radical, extreme things to separate families and to just give to send innocent people back to a country they may not have ever known. I may not have been there in 10, 20 years. Like it's it's horrible. But then I feel like, you know, white conservatives are just like, yeah, like send them all back. It's horrible. Stanley. You know, it's horrible. None of this is surprising. This is what he promised to do. Mm. This, we, we all knew this was coming. I, I, f- I feel really frustrated that so many people have to suffer because the president and the people that voted for him are racist and think that this is a solution. But at this point, we got to do everything that we can to protect our people. And I know we've, we've said this millions of times, but it needs to be said again that the immigration crisis and ICE is not just coming after Latinx immigrants. You live in Flatbush or East Flatbush, they're coming for your Jamaican auntie. They're coming for your Haitian brothers. They're coming for your Nigerian sisters over there on 116th and 8th Avenue. They are coming for black and brown people. So we really need to make sure we step up and we are speaking out. And also, the fact of the matter is the next presidential election is coming up. Folks got to vote and vote in a real way because that's the only way we can even begin to address this nonsense. 
Uh, I'm really frustrated, obviously, but we knew this is this is what was coming. He promised to deport 11 million people. Mm. He's just trying to live up on that promise now. You're right. And, and guys, I just want to say, if you have a comment or a question, call us up at 212-650-0903. You know, before yeah. we move on, there's one thing that I do want to say. A lot of people, specifically people on the left, and I am consider myself to be somebody on the left, have pointed out like, oh, yeah, well, look at how many people Barack Obama deported and X, sure. Y, and Z. And that is true. And it is something that we do need to look at a historical fact. But at the same time, going back to that and trying to be like, oh, well, Donald Trump isn't so bad or I'm not going to go out and vote for the Democrats. If it's um, not somebody I like because Barack Obama, uh, you know, deported people too, is just like not the answer anymore. We have reached a point where we need to be going out and voting. And guess what? I don't like all the people that are running for president. I don't like necessarily Joe Biden's policies and the fact that he used to cohort with segregationists. I don't like the fact that Kamala Harris used to be a prosecutor. I don't like that Pete Buttigieg said all lives matter. I don't like any of those things. But at the end of the day, whoever is going to be on that ticket is going to get my vote because this can't go on any longer. Really quickly before we go on break, I just wanted to talk a, a little bit more about Joe Biden. Uh, he did say that, you know, part of, uh, I think, campaign he was talking about how he uh, was working with segregationists, uh, people who were racist when he first came to the Senate in the 1970s. Again, he was 29 years old. Honestly, I didn't take great offense to it because I feel like, number one, what he's trying to do is show people that I'm the most centrist candidate and or the moderate candidate and I'm the one who can work across the aisle. He's directly targeting middle America, people who aren't as progressive and aren't as radical to the left. So I understand the strategy behind it. Number two, he was in the Senate in the 70s. What did you expect him to do? Like it was a, a completely different climate, a different environment. And not only him, but there were black senators that worked with them, too, because they had to do their job. He wasn't supporting them. He wasn't advocating for them. He did try to work with them. That's not exactly true, Selena. Okay. He helped pass a school desegregation bill with one of those racist senators. And also the black senators work with them. They were black senators in the, in the peak of like racism in America. What were they supposed to do? They had to fall in line. I didn't necessarily have a problem with Joe Biden working with these racist white people because all white people are racist on one level or another. So you're always going to be working with racism. My problem was how fondly he looked back at working with those knuckle-dragging, um, incest-loving racists. And the fact that he said that he wishes things could be like that today. And I just can't accept that because as a black person, that's a very in like open threat. Because if Donald Trump makes you feel good and slaps you on the back and says and calls you son instead of boy, you're going to work on some legislation with him that will help white people and hurt black people and brown people? I'm not with that. Alex, where do you stand quickly before we go to break? I mean, <clears throat> I, I think when it comes down to it, you got to pick who you feel is everybody going to have their sins. You got to, I guess, pick your poison to a certain degree. But a, a, a lot of it I don't necessarily put on the candidates. Because when I look at their sins, I try to point the mirror on myself and say, okay, what am I doing to help change these things? We all have power amongst ourselves that we can influence change yes. with all of these topics, whether it be rally, write a letter, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. So before I shoot them down, I kind of point the mirror at myself and say, look, you don't got to wait to depend on that person to see change in these areas. You know, so when it comes up and we see who's in the running, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick who, I mean, chances are we're going to see who markets to my demographic Who's up at Hot 97? Who's trying to talk to the community? Right. Who's, who has our interest at yeah. hand? You know what no I mean? No one has a see? perfect track record. Nobody. And we do have to see who resonates with us. I know we do have to go on a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking reparations Juneteenth. Stay tuned, guys. 
This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. All right, so quick story. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHC, all the voice of Harlem. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alex, the king of Harlem, Woo. Alyssa Fuchs, the queen of the Upper East Side, and, of course, Selena Hill, the queen pen of queens. Mm. And we are here talking about all the things that happened in the news today on Let Your Voice Be Heard, but we're shifting gears because it's time to talk about reparations. Yes. But not just reparations. Juneteenth. Raise your hand if you knew what Juneteenth was before the last two years. Before the last two years? Yeah. All right, I got to keep my hand down for All that, right, honestly. Yeah. So Selena and Alex had their hands up. Alyssa and I have our hands down. So for those of you who don't know, June 19th was Juneteenth. And if you still don't know what that means, Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States of America. Dating back to 1865, it was on June 19th that the Union soldiers led by Major General Gordon Granger landed at Galveston, Texas with news that the war had ended and that the enslaved people were now free. Now, note, this was two and a half years after Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, the executive order that he signed freeing all black slaves all across the American um, diaspora, whatever you want to call this place that we live in now. It was two years later. And since then, we've had other holidays to celebrate American freedom, namely July 4th, where everyone celebrates that. But, you know, a lot of us feel like that's a celebration for the colonizers of the world. Juneteenth really is the true day of freedom and liberation for people of color, African-Americans and Afro-Caribbeans and people of the African diaspora. If you're like me, you had no idea what Juneteenth was before 2016 because it just wasn't a piece of your history that you ever learned in your public schools. And a lot of people feel this way. And in, in the most recent years, there's been more of an effort to acknowledge and celebrate Juneteenth, so much so that the Congressional Black Caucus decided to hold a hearing on reparations on Juneteenth. And before that hearing came, I don't know why, CNN and other media outlets decided the best way to honor the history of blackness and have a serious conversation about reparations was to go to a man who made it his mission to make sure that Barack Hussein Obama will be a one-term president. They want to make sure they talk to a man who is very clearly unambiguously racist and is supporting a racist president. They were looking to speak to Mitch McConnell. So, of course, they went to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and they asked him, do you think black people should get reparations? And Mitch McConnell said, I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none of us are... are whom none of us are currently living, are responsible, is a good idea. He said, black people already got reparations. We tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war, by bypassing landmark civil rights legislation. We elected an American black president, he said. And in his mind, he thought that we had done all the work that we needed to do to apologize for the sin of slavery. That left a lot of people upset about A, reparations, but B, Juneteenth, because on a day that we should have been honoring the history of black people and our freedom and celebrating that, we were instead stuck with a conversation that a white man started that was clearly misleading and filled with lies and misinformation. But today, guys, we get to have a conversation not just about the need for white people to pay us what they owe us, but also on a legacy of Juneteenth. And because I was somebody who was a little bit ignorant to this holiday, I want to start this off first with how long have you known about Juneteenth? And is this something you celebrate yearly? I want to start off with Alyssa because you were one of the no votes with me. Yeah. So actually, last year was the first year that I knew what Juneteenth was and also the first year that I celebrated it. Um, because when I found out what it was, um, and actually I'll, I'll credit you for this, Stanley, um, you know, you invited me to go 
go to a criminal justice rally that was about closing Rikers and, you know, and uh, not building any new jails in the city of New York as a civil rights lawyer and a criminal defense lawyer and somebody who, generally speaking, cares about civil rights issues. That was really important to me. So when you asked me to go to that rally, I was going to that rally just because I care about the policy issues that were involved there. I didn't know until I got to that rally that it was for Juneteenth. And at that point, I started talking to other people of color that were at that rally to find out more about why this rally was being held on Juneteenth, what Juneteenth was. Um, And at that point, I thought it was really important. I also thought, like, why did I not know about this before? And I think it goes back to something you said at the beginning of your introduction. This is not something that is taught in mainstream uh, public schools. And so, you know, I went to public school and sure, we learned about the Emancipation Proclamation. We learned about slavery, learned about Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks, but nobody ever taught us about Juneteenth. Well, Alex, you went to New York City Public Schools too, right? No, nah, I went to private school my whole life. Oh, you went to private school. You already know. Is that what you learned about Juneteenth? No. Nah, um, <clears throat> I learned on Juneteenth like a few years back mm-hmm. when I got a calendar alert and I wasn't certain what it was. Mm. That, that's sad to say, but, you know, when your formal education ends, it's our responsibility to remain forever students. We got to educate ourselves. Mm. So I did a little research into it, and I'm like, yo, why are they not putting respect on this holiday? Yeah. Like, this is this is, this is is huge. And I understand why they're not putting respect on it, because who who's going to celebrate? This is uniquely for us. Yeah. At the same time, I see, I feel like the reason a lot of people don't have a lot of passion behind celebrating Juneteenth, because, like, it's almost like, yeah, there's been progress but are we free? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So let's talk about ways we're not free. Mm. Mass incarceration, mm-hmm. cash bail system. You know what I mean? These are still things that hold us back. And one of the biggest things that keeps us from being free, poverty. Mm. Yeah. Poverty. We in, a lot of us in jail because we're poor. Mm. So I think Juneteenth was a step in the right direction. We need to embrace it. But I feel like we almost got to take Juneteenth and make sure every year there's some sort of landmark change, some sort of push to really free our people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys, if you're listening, you want to call in with a question, comment, or a curse word or a concern, no curse words. The number is 212-650-6903. Again, that number is 212-650-6903. If you're on Facebook Live, we want to hear from you. If you're on IG Live, I want to hear from you. If you're on a podcast, why don't you talk to us? Talk to me, kings and queens. Hit us up on the comment section in SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you are, or hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Selena, I have a two-part question for you, actually. Um, one, when did you first find out about Juneteenth? And two, do you agree with Alex's analysis that even though we have Juneteenth, we're still behind in a lot of ways? Yes, and before I answer that question, shout out to 950Kev who just left a comment on my Instagram live. He says, yes, I celebrate yearly, meaning Juneteenth. We as people don't do enough research. I agree with that. Um, I found out about Juneteenth, I want to say maybe about five, six years ago when I started reporting for the New York Amsterdam News based here in Harlem. And I think I was on assignment to cover a Juneteenth um, uh, a celebration. So that's when I first started hearing about it. And then I've been covering um, Juneteenth every year almost every year consistently as a reporter for instance last year um james the james beard foundation which is a renowned um culinary institution had a james be uh, had a juneteenth um celebration where they invited black chefs to cook the foods and mm. it was delicious like they put a little extra like spaz on some oh, grits man. and it was so good but it, it was also like high quality i loved it so that so i've been doing stuff like that no and i've written articles huh? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I couldn't invite anybody to that one. <laughs> and I've also, you know, I've written articles about it as well. So, I, I mean, yes, Juneteenth is something that 
is, yes, a step in the right direction, and we need to continue to celebrate our own. I do not expect mainstream America or mainstream media to honor us. I really don't care at this point. I think it's for us. For us. Juneteenth is for us, and it's about us. Honestly, I don't really know if I want mainstream to get involved and to for it to become oh, corporatized yeah. and then you see on like an h&m poster Juneteenth come come jerseys. buy your juneteenth t-shirt sponsored by right h&m like i really am not here for that like let's keep it about us i feel like a lot of times white america takes so much of what we started and appropriates it mm-hmm. and then privatizes it and then profits off it mm. so Alyssa, you don't want to see the nypd driving around with cars with the kent with the um japan african flag on it on juneteenth right i mean it's a same concept that we're talking about when we're talking about pride and and, you know i don't like we're gonna get into that hopefully next week um and we've talked about it before which is the same thing like gay people feel like they don't want pride being appropriated by big corporations and by the police department when it's the police department and the big corporations that have been subjugating gay and trans and mostly gay and trans people of color for a long time at the same time and you know I, i don't disagree with selena but i'll put it out there we have a national holiday for columbus Day, mm. which people are trying to change. We're talking about putting aside Italian heritage, because I think we should celebrate Italian heritage in, in certain ways. We don't need Christopher to Columbus to do that. Why is it that in this country we have a national holiday to celebrate somebody that was racist and committed genocide, but we can't have a national holiday to celebrate something that actually celebrates African people and African culture? And to me, that's equally as problematic. And I don't necessarily want to see it corporatized, as you point out, but I do think it should be something that should be more mainstream, and that white people should get involved in celebrating it, this as well because that's what makes you a good ally uh, amongst not just celebrating but then you know giving back to the community shopping locally in black communities to put money back into those communities being an ally to your black friends getting in, you know involved with you know putting yourself in a position where you might get arrested for committing civil disobedience if you see racism going on in action and you see the white people calling the police on on black people like you know so yeah we should celebrate and white people should do more but if white people don't know about it then they can't get involved in allies in that way either so guys if you have a question comment concern or curse word the number is 212-650-6903 again that is 212-650-6903 if you would like to give reparations for juneteenth you can give so at patreon.com slash be heard radio that's patreon.com slash be heard radio give us some reparations don't forget this show is still 80 percent black Give 80% of your dollars to the blackity black blacks on this show, and we will appreciate you. And if you don't want to do that, you can always hit me up on my Venmo, Stanley-Fritz. I can use those coins, beloveds. So listen, guys. The funny thing seems to happen on Black History Month, all of a sudden we remember Martin Luther King. And like I call it like the, the, the core three. Like, you know how the Avengers has Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man? Uh, During Black History Month, it's Martin Luther King, Malcolm Rosa X. Parks, and I mean, Black you know, Panther? And oh. Bla- and <laughs> Martin, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and, and, and Malcolm X, in, in New York at least, right? And that's the big three. And now in Juneteenth, it seems like reparations is a conversation that we are really starting to have just on this day. So we got to go on a quick break, but I do want to get a quick quip from Selena. Um, before we go, it's a two-part question. You can answer the first part now. One, is is this reparations conversation healthy and necessary? And then two, will you do you think we can get reparations? If so, what does it look like? And you can answer that part too in the second half. Ooh, so go I ahead, can't wait for this. Um, of course. I mean, reparations. It's more than the forty acres and a mule which we were promised and never received. It's about closing the huge generational gap that happened because white plantation owners were making 
huge amounts of money off the backs of slaves. And because of that, their families have inherited inherited uh, so much wealth. Companies have been making a lot of money, whereas we were just left out on the dust to just sort of like fend for ourselves. And we still are paying those consequences and we feel it. We'll go more into that when we come back from this break. Continue listening, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Aside from the obvious, man, the changes in scenery. But I'm not. I'm in Long Beach. So, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard <laughs> on 90.3 like FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. It does me feel like... Yeah, actually, that's true. When that song comes on, I can feel like somebody going, can I help you? And they don't really want to help me. They think I'm stealing. <laughs> no, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alex, Selena, yep. Alyssa, and of course, I got to shout out the litters of the lit lits interns, Sydney. I feel like Sydney has a name of the cool, popular kid in the 90s. Definitely. Like Sydney Crawford, <laughs> Sydney Lopper. Not Lopper, because Lopper looked a little weird. And you're too well, lit no, to no, look no. like it's, Lopper. It's Cindy Crawford. Sydney and Cindy are two different names. Yeah, but look, sh- Sydney puts drip on the name, so they should be honored to be associated with her. I got you, Queen. That's fair. There we go, guys. So we are back on the reparations conversation we asked lena a two-part question one should we get it now two what does it look like and i'm coming to you next alice because i know you had some heat for this question Mm -hmm. selena what does reparations look like for somebody like me who is of haitian and caribbean descent Mm. we killed a bunch of french and spanish people to get our freedom Mm. you know what and and i'm glad you brought that up because that's been a huge issue especially with those uh, people who have been advocating that reparations should only go to african americans those of who have are a direct descendant of an african African slave that was here in uh, America. I, I mean, it, it's deep. It's a nuanced conversation. It's multi-layered. I, however, do not think reparations should be that cut and dry. I think reparations should be given in the form of investing in our HBCUs, investing in black communities and in schools that serve predominantly African-American children. I think it should be given in the form of investing in black-owned businesses. I don't think it should be cut in the check. Wait, so Alex, you don't want to check? You want schools and businesses too? I think reparation is going to be a multi-part plan. I agree. Including CTC, cut the check. (laughs) That has to be a part of it. CTC, cut the check. The fact of the matter is, all right, so as far as who should get it, when you talk about, like, you know, West Indians versus black people, let's not divide. The fact Mm -hmm. is that the African slave trade, you know how difficult it's going to be for people to directly trace what family members were shifted where and why, whether they were put in the Caribbean, where they were put here in the U.S.? Part of slavery was dismantling your family history. Mm. So let's talk about that. Now, as far as how are we going to give us reparations, you got to cut a check. In my mind, $180,000 per black person. Why that number? <laughs> Why that number? Why that per number? Black? <laughs> the average Caucasian household wealth is $200,000. Mm. The average African-American household wealth is $20,000. Now, what is $180,000? Does it sound like kaboom? It's a huge number. If there was a class action lawsuit filed by all black people combined for the sins of slavery, would 180000 pop sound crazy? To me, no. And what does $180,000 get you? If you, re- if you literally got a check, if I got a check for $180,000, what could that do? I think for most of us, we'd probably pay for school and we'd probably get somewhere to live. Mm. Yeah. Is, is that really that crazy of a thing? Another thing, a little radical, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Pay black children to go to school. Mm. It works twofold. One, they're more educated. Two, you're helping them secure a financial future for themselves. Mm. Is it unfair? Maybe, maybe not. I mm-hmm. don't think it's unfair at all. Why? Think of all of the things. It's hard to quantify mm-hmm. the mm. sins of slavery. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, an unfair leg up in our direction, is that going to kill us? 
so I like that idea. And would that count for college too? Yes. So pay for college. Yes. Uh, Sydney, can I put we you on blast? Yeah. Sydney, come to the mic. I just turned your mic on. If you got $180,000 just to pay for school, what would you do with that as someone who's going to Hampton University now? Well, a check. She's our intern right now. I want to hear her from somebody who's in school at the moment. Um, like what would I do with hundred? Yeah, what, what difference would that make in your life right now? I wouldn't be in debt. What that's that's number one, and then I also wouldn't be worrying about like the gap that I'm gonna have to take between undergrad and grad school mm. and any other further education that I want to pursue after that. So, Got you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, Alex. So I think one of the big differences, like just how she said, like I think for a lot of people when they're finished with school, the difference for the haves and the have-nots to me. When you're done with your formal education, some people are able to say, okay, what's your passion? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Not how are you going to survive? Mm-hmm. Not how are you going to get out of debt? Not how are you going to feed yourself? So I think 180 grand is enough to say, all right, you should have some type of education, some type of smarts up here. You'll have a place to live. Now, maybe the first thing somebody pursues after their formal education isn't necessarily money motivated. Mm. But they should have that option to chase something that they're passionate about or they believe in, even if it doesn't necessarily make them rich immediately. You know what I mean? Or, or, or give them some type of footing. We need some some footing in the world. And I think that's what 180 Gs would do. That's a really good point, Alex. I want to come back to you in a second because I want you to say what you told us last week off air about like how after you graduated and how like you had to move because like you don't have the kind of financial freedom that a lot of white families oh, oh, have. Yeah, man. But I want to go to Alyssa first because Mitch McConnell said that like the, you know they shouldn't be held accountable for things that happened over 150 years ago that doesn't necessarily benefit them. Um, so you know, like I want to do two things for Alyssa. One, Alyssa, as a white person, like, do you agree with that? And then two. As someone who works in the criminal justice field, how does this show up to you? Right. And, and so, one, no, I obviously don't agree with that. Uh, Mitch McConnell should eat a fat one, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like <laughs> having a black president didn't sh- solve racism in America, as we can see, because look what came after. I mean, like, if Donald Trump doesn't tell you that we still have a multitude of problems in this country that revolve around race, then I don't know what, you know, maybe you have your head, like, really far down in the sand. I, I don't know. But a- as for the criminal justice aspect, and I think that's important look you're right we could cut a check we can give people money we could try and close a wealth gap like we could do all those things although realistically i don't you know we'd have to ask how are we going to get the money and you know the answer to that is because yeah we've talked about that once before on our last show which you should go back and watch on reparations one of the things we talked about is that we should go after corporations that exist today that are multi-million dollar corporations that have essentially gotten to be in that place because of the way in which slavery of affected those corporations in the past. I direct you back to that show. Um, To get back to this actual question in itself, uh, you know, one of the other things we have to do aside from money is reform the criminal justice system. Like, and yes, we need bail reform. Yes, we need discovery reform. But we also need to look at the ways in which we've incarcerated people of color and the ways in which the police still act. Because, number one, the war on drugs has been the biggest reason why people of color are in jail. And also, this war on poverty, which doesn't work the way you think it's supposed to work. The real war on poverty, which would be actually solving the issue of poverty. Instead, what we do, as you pointed out earlier, Alex, is we lock up poor people. Who do we lock up? Mostly people of color. So we have to have a real reckoning and realize that the answer is that we have to have a comprehensive program to both reform the criminal justice system and to have an anti-poverty program. And 
until we do that, then we're going to continue to have people incarcerated that are people of color and we're never going to achieve justice and equity in this country amongst the racism. And we also then need to have education and not just the education you're talking about, about giving people of color money to go to school, but we have to have the education so that people in schools are learning about things like Juneteenth. That brings us right back around to where we started. I had never even heard of Juneteenth and I was a political science major. I have an undergrad degree that is a minor in philosophy and economics. Like, I have a law degree. I'm a very well-educated person and uh, yet up until two years ago, I didn't even know what Juneteenth was and I'm a civil rights lawyer. So like, that is also the kind of education that we need in our schools to teach white people to have not just sympathy, but empathy to realize that it may not have been me and my specific ancestors that enslaved black people, but that I am responsible for this in some ways and I need to do my part to be, you know, an ally to people of color and to do anti-racism work. I mean, unless you just came out here, picked up a mic and threw that crap across the room like it was a closing. I respect <laughs> the energy. Um, so I, I was an African-American history literature major and didn't hear about Juneteenth in college. Just And, and OSP was a, a low-key HBCU, just so you guys have some context about how little it is taught. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to wrap up. So I want to throw to Selena first. Um, we all have lots of feelings on reparations and why this should happen. But about Juneteenth, whether it becomes a national holiday or not, how can we honor it? Um, I think we honor Juneteenth by doing exactly what we did today, having a conversation about it and educating our peers about it. I think that if we continue to, you know, stay informed and educated about it, then that's basically how we can honor the ancestors that came about. And I think that, you know, honoring ancestors and just being quote unquote woke, it's a lifestyle, you know, it doesn't happen on just one day. It happens in how you live your life and, you know, who you support. I mean, we mentioned about being intentional about supporting black owned businesses, being intentional about supporting uh, rallies and marches and if you can't go to a Black Lives Matter rally then you know support the, your local chapter or your local NAACP chapter it, it, it's it's about the work you do and I think that all of us are deeply embedded in us me working for a black owned media company and constantly covering issues of this nature is something that is a part of my lifestyle um, and again if you don't have the luxury to do that then support it monetarily or um, you know even on social media Thank you so much for that. Alex, how can we like support and uplift Juneteenth? Um, I think I think we I feel, first step I think we gotta organize. I think black leadership that that we can believe in, I, I think that's gonna be a big piece of the of pie. I think uh Juneteenth should have a heavy focus on urban financial literacy. I think if we knew better, we do better. I mean, all of my elementary school, junior high, high school, even college, I didn't take any, I didn't have any mandated finance courses. Did you? Mm-mm, no, not at all. But it was mandated you go to that bursar office before you go into class. Yep. You know what I mean? And they pull you out too. You, you know what I'm saying? I think Juneteenth is, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's so much to, I, I, I think prison reform might have to be a focus of Juneteenth. Mm. That's the modern slavery. That's, that's, I mean, for us to prosper, we got to be free. We got to have resources. If we're going to prosper as a people, if we're all going to come up, we got to be out of jail and we have to have money to pursue opportunities. So those two things, I think, would be a huge focus for Juneteenth. Alyssa? Um, look, you know, I, I said a lot of what I was going to say in my, in my last comment, but I, I'll just add to that. If you're a white person, the number one most important thing that you need to be doing is talking to 
um, black people and asking them how you can help, how you can support, how you can be a true ally. Um, and if you don't know any black people, then you should reach out to your <laughs> other. No, seriously, because there are white people that like really live in places where they don't know any black people. They don't have any black friends and they want to get involved in obviously, you know, and and so then if you're that person, you need to reach out to some of your more woke white friends and ask them to, ask, you know, to basically tell you how you can get involved. But the number one thing, and we talked about this the last time we talked about the operations conversation is, you know, you have to be a good ally and being a good ally sometimes comes in the forms of giving money. Um, other times it just comes in the form of educating yourself by talking to your black friends and asking them, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Thank you, guys. Uh, I don't want to make this too long. It really is a shame that so many of us do not know or even like understand what Juneteenth is. But this is a new day. We know what it is. And if you're listening now, you know what it is if you didn't know before. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a national holiday, but it does need to be a state of mind and a spirit within all of us. Because on this day and really every single day that you are a black person or you are someone that loves black people, it is an opportunity to honor the people that you love who are in your life. The people who are just there in your space and, of course, always the ancestors. So for me to celebrate Juneteenth, to show up for the people that I love and to show up for my ancestors, I want to work every single day to celebrate and appreciate and spotlight the beauty of blackness. And I want to make sure I'm stepping up every single day to celebrate and be grateful to and thank the beautiful black people in my life. So thank you, Sydney. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Selena. Welcome, my Thank you to my white comrade, Alyssa. But most importantly, and like really a thousand percently, that's even a word, all the black people out there in this world who are existing, who are making it through this racist system, who get up every single day, take care of their family, who go to work, who sit down and do nothing. To the black people that want to bang on me and like the work that I do, to the black people that listen to the show and really appreciate it, to the black people that think that we're corny and don't think we have a solution for anything to the black people who understand racism to the black people who don't i love you happy juneteenth so and with that guys we're out of here yes on that note i want to thank everyone who tuned in today thank you so much for watching via facebook live and instagram live we always appreciate you and of course you can continue to support let your voice be heard on patreon that's patreon.com slash be heard radio and by giving a small donation it will help us and support us to support the issues and the causes that you care about till next sunday guys